where we come to week four of this series simply called Psalm 23, and it's based upon that so famous chapter uh, there in the book of Psalm. And this particular psalm is, is as, as many of the psalms are written by David, and this particular psalm is, is one of the ones that a lot of people uh, can uh, almost quote. They, they turn to, they remember, they recall uh, going through tough times. And so it's amazing that the words of this psalm can uh, fit in to what we're going through today. In our first week, uh, we looked at uh, the first verse of, of Psalm 23, and it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we talked about what a shepherd is and who is a good shepherd. And obviously Jesus shared that, that he was a good shepherd. And so we talked about the, the question of, do we have a shepherd? Like, are you following a shepherd? Well, you know you're following a shepherd when you hear his voice. And you not only hear his voice, but, but you're following, you're, you're doing what that voice is telling you to do. And, um, but also we talked about how there are other shepherds in this world, other people, other activities, other interests that try to uh, call us away from the good shepherd. And so uh, one way that you know you're listening to the wrong shepherd is if you are desiring things that you don't have. Because in verse one it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He provides contentment. He provides for all of our needs, but if we're living a life like we're, we're always wanting other things, then we are, it's a good indication we're not following the right shepherd. And then we looked at uh, Psalm uh, 23, 2, and it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And so during this time, it's, it's so amazing that he has making us to lie down in green pastures as our schedule has literally stopped. And as we look on our calendars, say, what, what's going to happen next? I mean, there are uh, schools and, and, and football uh, programs and colleges and, and jobs and the government, and, and everybody just has these questions as to what's going to happen next. Obviously, we know that God knows what's going to happen next. But we are literally forced to lay down in our green pastures, our green pastures of home, of family, of time with the Lord, even of self-reflection. And um, the Good Shepherd wants us to lie down to refresh us and to replenish us from uh, the, the, the storms of this life. You know, he will also lead us by, by still, calm waters, you know, sheep, they don't drink from rustling streams. They drink from calm, still waters. And so just like sheep, we like to have those calm, still waters. We don't like for things to, uh, for things to be stormy, for things to be out of control. But Jesus, as we talked about week two, Jesus will often lead us through a storm to get us to still waters, like we saw in the disciples, as, as Jesus literally walked into the boat and said, y'all come follow me, let's, let's go, let's go across the, the water. He knew that a storm was brewing in the distance, 
but yet he brought them through. And, and in the midst of that storm, he quieted it down to where they had still waters. And then on the other side, they experienced some amazing miracles in what Jesus was able to do after that storm. And so what it teaches us is this, is that sometimes we have to go through a storm to get to those still waters, but Jesus is there in the boat. And the main lesson was, hey, don't get out of the boat. Don't give up when, the, when you have stormy waters. Stormy waters in your marriage, in your finances, in your, in your health, in your job. Don't give up. Don't get out of the boat. Just make sure that Jesus is there with you. Invite him in and make sure he's there part of the storm. Last week, we talked about verse three when it says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, on this path of righteousness, there are many times you will need to have some restoration. I can think back on my own life as I've, uh, I was saved at the age of six, between age six and, and 50, there's a lot of years there where I, I was on the path of righteousness, but I've actually veered off a little bit. And so because of that, I needed to be restored. I needed restoration. You may have experienced that as well. And just because you may have gotten off the path of righteousness doesn't mean that you are nowhere near the point of no return. It doesn't mean that you cannot be restored because God can restore you. God longs to restore you. I, one of the things I, I love to do is I love to snow ski. And, and I've, I've skied at various places. My favorite place to ski is the Colorado Rockies. It's beautiful, the, the slopes last a long time because it's really, really high elevation. And, and so I love going really, really fast. And so as I'm going down this mountain, uh, I think the greater the speed, the greater the thrill. But there's another thrill I like about skiing, and, and that is when you see these, these paths that other skiers have made. You see the, the ski marks and trails going through the, through the woods, and so you're thinking, well, if someone else could do that, I could do that as well, not knowing that they could have hit a tree uh, you know, in the woods and you not know really what's there or have gone off a cliff. But it just has that thrill there saying, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna try it. And so I go through the woods and, and even go pretty fast. And yes, it's dangerous because I could hit a tree, I could go off a cliff. And there have even been times, I remember one time I was stuck in, in really deep snow going off on one of these trails for like an hour trying to find my skis and trying to dig my way out of it and get back on, on the trail. But just like those ski trails that go off of the main ski route, you and I will often sort of veer off to the right or to the left, and we will try uh, something new, and, and, um, and the shepherd is on the main course, and he's saying, hey, come follow me, come listen to my voice, I'm over here. Stop going on to the right or to the left. And what happens is, uh, just like in my, in my story skiing, we end up wasting a lot of, a lot of time, and we don't get to enjoy the other things on the main part of life or the main part of the slope. So we're often tempted to veer off the path of righteousness. Don't give up on that path just because uh, you sort of hit a tree in life and, um, and think that you cannot go back. 
So we move on to, as a shepherd guides us, as a shepherd leads us, he doesn't drive us, he leads us, he's out in front. As he leads us on to Psalm 23, 4, we're gonna read this and it says this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, we are all going to walk in valleys of shadows. We're all going to walk in dark valleys. And some of the, uh, some of the elements that leads us to these dark valleys that I see in this verse that, that, I, um, that I have experienced and you may have experienced as well is fear and loneliness. Fear and loneliness. And those are two words that I wanna focus on today. Because fear and loneliness are two things that can lead us closer to the, the, the uh, valley of shadows more than anything. Even during this pandemic, we've had a, another pandemic that has happened, and that is a pandemic of loneliness. We've had um, this feeling of isolation. We can't even get near each other. You know, I, I love that there's a few people here today at our location as we're gradually progressing into meeting normally, but even when we meet normally, we've got rows that are six feet apart. We've got signs and saying you can't uh, sit next to, you know, right next to families, and, and we're doing elbow bumps instead of high fives and hugs, and, and even, we can, even though we can see one another, we have this sense of just isolation, and it drives me crazy because the body of Christ can't meet up together. And so you have probably felt this with, with your other friends or our job or your family. It's hard to see people. You have this isolation. And so it has this feeling of loneliness. And, and so this feeling of loneliness can cause us to draw closer to this valley of shadows. And another is fear. We, we're, we're slowly but surely opening up our country and uh, there's fear in that, absolutely. Many of you watching online or sitting here today, you, you have this little bit of a fear in the back of your mind of saying, you know, we're opening our country. I think it's too fast. I think it's too, it's too slow. You have these conspiracy theories going around. You have all of these, uh, these different professionals telling us two different things. And it's like, what do we do? Where do we go? We're in this sort of fear mode as we're opening up and kind of getting back to a sense of normal. And so it can cause us to draw closer to this valley of shadows. We even have seen this in, in current events lately, even this week. You have, you have fears. You, have, you can't even have a, a black man can't even jog down a road without being hunted. And even this week, a pastor ended his life because of loneliness. You have fear, you have loneliness that draws us closer to this valley of shadows. Um, there have been a few times in my life when I've had fear and I've had loneliness, but I would imagine the, the time that I had the most fear and the most loneliness together, all in one, is when I was six years old. When I was six years old, I, I was placed in the hospital. In fact, I was in the hospital for almost two months. And the reason why is because I had pneumonia. My right lung had collapsed, and my left lung wasn't far behind. And so here I was in, in ICU, 
and, and I had uh, tubes coming out of me, and I, I, was, I was very sick, and, and I was afraid. I remember feeling a lot of fear. And the reason why I was afraid, because uh, I was in this ICU room, and it was, it was me and this, this little girl. She was about four years old, and I remember uh, being able to talk to this little girl. In fact, in just a couple of days, uh, I was able to kind of make her laugh and, and, and uh, make her feel good about herself, and she was in the next bed uh, next to me. But just the day before, when I was feeling these, fear, these, these feelings of fear, she, she passed away. And I just remember thinking my, in my six-year-old mind, in my heart, just thinking, am I next? Am I next? And, and also, I felt loneliness. My mom and my family, my, my dad, my brother could not come see me. And even though I was surrounded by uh, great professional nurses, I was still alone. Because the nurse that I really want was my mom. Because... You see, my mom was in nursing school at the time. She was also working a job, and she was also trying to come see me. I remember being able to see her face through this small window of the door of the ICU, and she would stand there. And I remember my, my crying would stop when I would, I would see her face. My mom, my hero there, and she was able to calm my fears. She was able to calm my sense of loneliness. And it's very similar to Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd is there. When we know the Shepherd is there, uh, he is there, or Jesus is there to calm our fears and to help our loneliness. Just like my mom and, and be able to see little, uh, just windows uh, periodically of her Jesus Christ, we can sense a good shepherd through windows, these windows of, of spending time in, in his word, the window of prayer, the window of sharing uh, fellowship with other believers. You have this window of the good shepherd, and when you don't have those windows, no wonder you have fear, no wonder you have loneliness, because you don't have windows of seeing the good shepherd in prayer, Bible study, and intimate times with him and other believers as well. It's interesting that, that David, in this psalm, verses one through three, he's talking about the good shepherd. But in verse four, something changes. David talks to the good shepherd. He is talking directly to him. Now, why is that? Well, David, being a shepherd himself, knows that when you're going through a valleys of shadows of death, when there's fear and there's loneliness um, with, the, with the flock, he's going to draw nearer to them. He's not gonna be a far way off. He's gonna huddle them closer and walk with them in the path, uh, along the path and in the, in the middle of the flock, and he's going to be the closest he can with them, and they're going to sense that. You know, when we walk through our own valley of shadows. When we face fears and loneliness, we can rest assured that Jesus is near. He is there and often even carrying us and wanting to talk to us. Jesus draws closer in our valley of shadows. 
So as we talk about these uh, uh, fear and loneliness, fear can draw us closer to this, this shadow of death. Fear in our health can bring us closer to the shadow of physical death. Fear in our current job situation can bring us closer to our financial death. Fear in racial unrest can bring us closer to the shadow of, of reconciliation death. We've, we've seen this with the murder this, this week that actually happened a couple of months ago when the video finally came out of Ahmad Aubrey as he was jogging down a road and hunted down. This, 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 this fear, not only that, that these men had of him, but now there's even more fear growing because of this situation. I love what this says in, in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 through 13. As I was trying to make sense of, of all of this stuff that happened here in Georgia with this killing, I was drawn to this, this chapter. Isaiah 41, uh, verse 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who, con who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Fear not, I will help you. If you're facing moments of fear, that it's leading you to this valley of shadows. If you're facing this fear, I, I want you to, to read that passage, write it down there in, in Isaiah 41, and to know that he is there with you. He will not leave you, he will not forsake you. We also talked about this feeling of, of loneliness. Living alone without intimate friends can bring us close to the shadow of social death. Living alone with an abusive spouse can bring us close to the shadow of marital death. Living alone in our shame and regret can bring us close to the shadow of emotional or possibly physical death. Loneliness doesn't come from being alone. It comes from feeling alone. You could be surrounded by a bunch of people and still be alone, because in reality, you're feeling alone. Feeling as if you're facing death alone, facing disease alone, facing the future alone. Just in the last couple of days, we've had news of a, of a pastor, Darren Patrick, who took his life. My wife, Suzanne, and I had the opportunity a couple of years ago uh, to listen to Darren Patrick speak in San Antonio at a pastor and wife retreat. Loved that retreat. It was a great time. And, and Darren spoke honestly about a, uh, a failure in, in his life and ministry, and how, but how God was, was bringing him back, and he was 
uh, he was in counseling and, and he was drawing closer to the Lord, but, but also giving us warnings as pastors and as wives to, uh, to not veer uh, far away from the path of righteousness as, as he did. But this week, the, 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 the shame and, and, um, and the guilt just drew him further and further away. He, was, uh, he, he had been fighting loneliness and isolation, so he took his life. I, uh, I can't imagine what his wife and, and four children are going through right now. They're, they probably feel like they're walking in the valley of the shadow of death, but thank God it's just the shadow, not death itself for them. It reminds me of the, of the true story by, by Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse. He told of occasion when his first wife passed away and as him and his children are driving in the car, uh, and they just left the burial site, they're driving in the car, and he is speechless, his kid's in the back seat, and he just doesn't know what to say. And they stop at a stoplight, and, and this, this big moving van actually passes beside them, and the shadow of the moving van it just encompasses the entire vehicle. And then, like that, the shadow was gone. And it gave Dr. Barnhouse an idea, an analogy to use, and he asked his children, children, would you rather be hit by a big Mack truck or just its shadow? And of course, the kids were like, well, Dad, that's silly. Of course, we'd rather be run over by the shadow and not be run over by the Mack truck. And his response was, you know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was, in a way, hit by a Mack truck on the cross so that we would only be hit with its shadow. When you and I face fears and we face uh, very tough times, know this, that it's just a shadow of death, not the death itself. You know, you may be facing death, literally. You may, may be listening online, may know of a friend or a relative that's facing death, but you are not facing death alone. You may be facing marital issues, but you're not facing those alone. You might be facing financial crisis, financial issues. You're not facing those alone. All you gotta do is look to the shepherd. Stop looking at the problems and start looking at the shepherd. Because I know this, just like we see in verse four. When you look at the shepherd, you're gonna notice the shepherd carrying a couple of items. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, why would a rod and a staff comfort me? I mean. I've been, I've been spanked before by my loving mother, Happy Mother's Day, as a child. I know I needed it. And I remember it, it wasn't a thing of comfort. <laughs> but that's not what the rod and staff are for regarding the sheep. And I've often wondered, is a rod there to, to beat the sheep? No. 
The rod and the staff are there to drive away the enemy. Because a, a, a rod is, is really another word for a club, just a this big club, this big stick, almost like a, like a baseball bat. And so as predators come near the sheep, a, a, a wolf or bear, they're able to, to knock the, the predator away from the sheep. And, and the staff was just this big, long uh, stick that they made to fit uh, with the height of the, sh- of the shepherd and had a crook at the end, but it would also be used almost as a, as a javelin, and it would be thrown towards the predators to scare them away. And the crook was there to be able to pull sheep closer to the shepherd as he's fighting off predators. So we can walk in the valley of shadows even though there's fear and loneliness. It could, it could sort of dissipate whenever we watch the shepherd and know that he has a rod and he has a staff. And Jesus is there ready to drive away the enemy. Those thoughts in your head, those fears in your heart, that loneliness, he's ready to drive away those bad thoughts and those fears and that loneliness. But we've gotta stop looking at other things. We've gotta stop looking at our problems. We gotta also stop looking at the other sheep. You look at the other sheep, guess what? They're just as scared and lonely as you are. You have to look at the shepherd. Fear and loneliness will linger when our focus is on the other sheep. David, when he wrote this Psalm 23, it's not something that he wrote that is just an isolated incident. It's not something that that he wrote just for that particular time, just for that particular moment. Obviously, it's, it's helping us right now. But this idea that God is with us and God goes before us and leads us is throughout Scripture. We even see it in the Old uh, Testament times of, of early Israel. When Israel was, was finally released from, from Egypt and then they went towards the promised land, they had fears and they were told, look, just have courage, it's okay, God is gonna be with you. But they allowed fears to turn away from the promised land. So for 40 more years, they just wandered in the desert until a generation had passed. And that next generation, they were ready to face the fears. And so as, as they were getting ready to cross the Jordan River over to the promised land, Moses' time had come and he was going to be with the Lord. And so he was giving the leadership, passing the baton, as you would, to Joshua. And so the Lord had another word for Israel and for Joshua given by his servant Moses. And it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Sure, Israel faced fears of, of 
the cities and the giants, but they also faced loneliness because they had, they had never as a, as a nation had walked on this land. So they were gonna be all alone facing all of these enemies. And so here's the word that God had for them, found in verse eight of chapter 31 of Deuteronomy. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear, do not be dismayed. He goes before you. What God wants to tell you right now, if you're facing fears, if you're facing isolation and loneliness, and, and if you're afraid of, of, of this opening up of, of what we're trying to do and kind of coming back to a sense of normal, God goes before you. Trust in your good shepherd. Trust in Jesus. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. And I've been speaking mostly in this sermon today, I've been speaking mostly to believers. I've been speaking to people who have put their faith in, in Jesus Christ. They, they know they have the shepherd, and yes, they may have gotten off the path of righteousness, and they need to be restored. Yes, Christians do walk in a little bit of uh, fear and a little bit of loneliness and isolation, especially during this time. But I, I want to right now speak to those who you may not be a believer. You may not even believe that God exists. You may not know Jesus as your savior. You're walking in this valley of shadows and you are walking a valley of the shadow of death right now. And there are, will be more times and maybe in times in the past where you have walked in this valley. You are walking by yourself. Oh, sure, you may say, well, I've got friends and family who are walking with me, and, and that's fine, but they don't know their way out of the valley of shadows like the shepherd does. They don't. And so I want to encourage you to get in touch with the good shepherd. Get in touch with Jesus. Let Jesus be the one to lead you and to guide you. Because see, what, you're gonna, what we're gonna find next week is the, as you tune in next week is out of the valley of shadow of death, there's a banqueting table prepared for you in the wilderness. Next verse. You're gonna miss out on the banqueting table if you're walking in this valley by yourself. If you walk in the valley of shadows by yourself, you're gonna miss out on this banqueting table. And this table is there to replenish our soul, our mind, and our heart. And see, if you keep going valley of shadows to another valley of shadows to another valley of shadows, you're going to get tired and you're going to get lost and you're never going to have your soul replenished because you won't know the way to the banqueting table. It's just beyond the valley. It's just beyond the valley. So I wanna encourage you 
here today, and you're gonna have an opportunity. If you have not received Jesus as your savior, as your good shepherd, I wanna encourage you to do that right now. And I'm gonna give you this opportunity. Just every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're sitting here today, say, Frank, I, I need a guide. I need a shepherd. I've, I'm walking in this valley by myself and I, I'm scared, I'm lonely, I don't know the way out, and I just, I just need a, a shepherd, I need a guide, I need a savior. Just simply say a prayer like this, just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you are the good shepherd. I believe you died for me. And I believe you've already forgiven me. I now give you my heart. I confess my sin to you. Please take my sin and remove it far away from me. Come be Lord of my life. Be my shepherd. Be my guide. I will follow you. And if you're sitting here today and you, you know that at one point in your life you, you prayed that prayer to follow Jesus but you've gotten off that, that path of righteousness and now you're, you're caught in this in this valley of shadows and, and you're walking in fear and you know, you know that the shepherd doesn't want you walking in fear. You're walking in loneliness and your shepherd doesn't want that. You're not looking at the shepherd. You're not looking at his rod and his staff that's there to comfort you because it's there to drive away the enemy. You're surrounded by the enemy. You need to get back on, uh, out of this uh, out of this valley of shadows and onto the path of righteousness towards your banqueting table that's waiting for you in the next verse. Just simply say, Father, help me to get back on the trail of righteousness. Jesus, speak a little louder. <laughs> Call to my heart. I need to follow you. I commit my heart to you. Come draw near to me and get me out of this. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed any kind of prayer of a rededication or commitment or for the first time invited the shepherd to be your guide through this crazy valley of shadows, I would love to hear about it. And you could just simply send me an email, pastor at lakepointonline.com. Would love to hear from you. And if you want to know more about uh, growing uh, in your faith, uh, you can go to lakepointonline.com forward slash grow. And if you obviously love to hear more about our, our comeback plan, just go to lakepointonline.com slash comeback and you can see it all there. Uh, our church family, for those who feel comfortable, uh, our church family will be back next week and then two weeks later, we'll invite that open uh, to the uh, general public. But just know this, during this time, don't, don't walk in fear, don't walk in loneliness and isolation. 
Look to the shepherd. Don't look to the other sheep. Look to the shepherd. We're praying for you. We love you. We'll see you back here again next week.